Welcome to the Warning Track Power Hour. I'm Andrew Scaff. He's Mike Orman. Uh, we're going to talk today about uh, the Royals uh, trade deadline acquisitions. And, uh, and uh, but before we get into that, I guess, uh, Mike, you've got, you've, got, you've got a trivia question. I do have a trivia question because we, we often on this uh, podcast uh, make fun of the old uh, Ryan Lefebvre uh, stat of Billy Butler supposedly having the record whether it was Major League Baseball record or active Major League player record, I don't remember what it was, of consecutive series. With a hit, right. Painstakingly. Uh, and um, I don't remember what is the consecutive series was, 100 and something maybe. Uh, it, was, it was a lot, yeah, over 100, yeah. Yeah, uh, but I was just wondering, what do you think the record, since, since that's not really, a, I, I looked it up, I couldn't really find anything on it, uh, but I did find uh, something about what is the record for consecutive at bats with a hit? And uh, who do you think might hold uh, that record? Um, I'm going to have absolutely no idea who holds that record. I mean, I can guess that's going to be no, nothing based on it. And maybe it'll be some in reality of any kind. Um, but yeah, it, uh, consecutive at bats is, uh, is, is pretty bizarre anyway. Uh, you have to get just hot for, you know, Two games, yeah. three games, four games. So I think um, five games. Like I think almost any number is going to sound ridiculously high, but also ridiculously low at the same time. I'll say um, I'll say uh, eleven. Eleven is very very close. It's actually it is eleven in the in the expansion era of baseball since nineteen sixty one, and two players have had eleven. Um, and both of them had 11 hits in the 21st century. So they are, neither one is an active player. Both, though, are um, pretty well-known players. Um, not neither one Hall of Fame level, but Ooh. both decent players for two, um, two AL East teams. AL East. See, before you, before you read that, I, I, my guess would have been uh, Gwen, Tony Gwen. Well, Tony Gwynn's Hall of Fame, but then, but then he said Hall of Fame, so minutes out. Yeah, yeah. Also, not AL East, so that was out for two reasons. Yes, but now, but now, given those qualifications, um, ooh, um, how about um, let's see, there were a couple of Yankees guys that were uh, okay. One is a one is a Yankee. Mean like a Bernie Williams. Or? Bernie Williams is correct. Hey, Bernie Williams in two thousand two. Had uh, from August 14th to August 17th, 2002, Bernie Williams had 11 uh, straight hits. He did it during a road trip to Kansas City and Seattle. Uh, he started uh, with, and most of those hits were against the Royals. Uh, he had a game winning single in the 14th inning against uh, Kansas City, and then he went nine for nine against uh, in, the, in, the, in the next two games. Um, I don't actually I don't know if those were against the Royals or not. He went nine for nine the next two games and then had a first inning single the game after that. So um, that was in 2002 uh, in August 14th or 17th. So we're approaching the 20th anniversary of Bernie Williams's um, 11 hit, uh, 11 at bat uh, streak. Not bad. Not bad at all. <laughs> who, uh, who was the other? Um, uh, he, he played for the Red Sox. Any guesses? He's he well, mainly for the Red Sox. He may have played for somebody else, but he's uh, he was a, a very promising player. Um, he was forced to retire early because of injuries. I'll give you that much. Ooh. Is it uh, Pedroia? It is Dustin Pedroia. Hey. Um, hey. And, yeah, that was in. He, he was a, he was a pretty good hitter too. Yeah. Yeah, in 2016. Yeah, he, he uh, fell off very fast. He had some cool injuries. Didn't he? That this is the sort of tail end of Pedroia's career. Um, he had eleven uh, uh, eleven hits in a row, three in Tampa, and then four uh, two a pair of four hit games uh, in Boston. Uh, so he had eleven in a row, uh, August twenty fifth to twenty seventh, twenty sixteen. So both in August. Um, and maybe, maybe taking advantage of uh like late call no those are august those are september call-ups would be um mm -hmm. these are against like re uh, regular major leaguers then anyway not necessarily like quadruple a players right mm -hmm. yeah 
Yeah, so he and uh, there were several other players that have had 10 straight uh, hits. I'll, I'll just run through those. Jose Altuve, 2018. Andre Ethier, 2012. Uh, Kevin Euclid, also the Red Sox, 2009. The Greek uh, Matt Diaz of the Braves. No, not Matt Diaz, if you remember correctly. Do you remember? I do not remember that. Matt Diaz. I think he was, I'm pretty sure he was Matt Diaz. He played for the Royals. He played for the Royals uh, briefly. Mm. If it's the same Matt uh, uh, Diaz, uh, this was in 2006 when he played for the he played for the Braves. Um, but he played for the Royals um, in um, 2005. Mm. Uh, I remember. Uh, yeah, I remember them, them calling. It's a dark Matt era Diaz. for Royals. Royals baseball. Yeah. <laughs> That was that was during the really the low era of Royals baseball, two thousand five. Oh, especially after t- they, had the, they had that two thousand and three kind of miracle eighty three seventy nine season, and then they had those horrible horrible years. Right. Frank Catalanato uh, for the Rangers. Frank Thomas for the White Sox. Former Royal Bip Roberts for the, <laughs> when he played for the Reds. Yeah. And Singleton of the Orioles, and then two Royals uh, also um, since the. Um, uh, expansion era since since the Royals have become a franchise have had um, ten straight at bats with hits. Do you one is a third baseman, and I believe the second one was also a third baseman. Are either of them uh, George Brett? <laughs> neither of them were George Brett. <laughs> that was why I was thinking. I was going to say both of them were George Brett. Neither neither are George Brett. Neither are either are Kevin Seitzer. Uh, that was going to be my second guess, Kevin Seitzer. Name the Mustakis though another third baseman, famous third baseman for the Royals. I don't, I don't think it would have been Alex Gordon either because I don't think he. Had, oh, not Alex Gordon. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure that he had ten hits in a series. He was not a, a couple a of series. Hitter. He was uh, a streaky hitter though. Anyway. Um, one of your uh, one of your favorite players for for some bad Royals teams. Hmm. Hmm. He played many years. He played for he played for the Royals. Then he went to the Pirates. Then he came back to the Royals. Played for the Mets a little bit. Hmm. I don't know. I'm not sure. That was one Joe Randa. Oh, Joe Randa. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you know, he's really good. Yeah, Joe Randa in 1999, June 8th or 12th. Yeah. Um, he had uh he home he, he had two home runs over that over that over that streak, drove in eight RBIs and scored six runs during his hit streak. So that was not a pretty good, pretty productive. That was back in 1999, um, while we were in college. And the other one you will never get. And it's the strangest by far of these 10 hit streaks because it spanned two teams and two different seasons. What? This was Royals uh, utility player Chris Steins. Oh, geez. If you remember him. In 96 for the Royals, it says a September call-up. He uh, went three for three in Kansas City. And then he got traded to Cincinnati or left and went to Cincinnati. And then he went seven for seven in his first two games to the Red uh, in August of '97. So he had almost a full calendar year in between his his uh, three first three hits and his final seven hits. Wow! Uh, seven. There we go. Uh, final seven hits. But Chris Steins. Uh, yeah, I think that was that's a now that's now that's an interesting uh, little fact right that's there. A true piece of trivia there, right? Yes. Um, but the. Uh, there was a, actually a three-way tie, however, in baseball history for Major League history for 12 game or 12 at-bat uh, hit streaks. So just one more than the modern. Yeah, three of them. Uh, the first to do this was 1902, Johnny Kling, K-L-I-N-G. I'm sure you remember him well. Of course. Um, oh, Johnny Kling. Uh, the second was 1938, the Red Sox Pinky Higgins. And Walt Dropo of the Detroit Tigers in 1952, uh, the year my father was born, uh, uh, was also uh, 12 hits in a row. And that was the most recent 12 uh, uh, at-bat hitting streak. So That's, that's, pretty, that's pretty crazy. It's, it's interesting that it's only one more game than the, the expansion era record then, right? Yeah, and you, and you would think, like, I, w- I would have guessed maybe there'd be like somebody like you know, Barry Bonds or somebody like because he walked so many times and he had such yeah. a high, high on base percentage like maybe 
he could have gotten a streak like that over, you know, five or six games. Uh, at right. One. But he might only get like one at bat in the game, though, too. And that, and then the odds of getting a hit in that single at bat may be lower. Lower, he yeah. So much. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, yeah, no, I don't know. Interesting. Very cool. All right. How many? What do you think the consecutive plate appearances reaching base record is? Yeah, is it? I'm gonna say it's probably it's probably higher than the hits record, um, but probably not by much. I'll say like um, fourteen. It is seventeen. Seventeen. Um, yeah, seventeen. Uh, it uh, at bats, um, and seventeen plate appearances. Excuse me. Uh, 17 plate appearances and one was uh frank piggy ward in 1893 uh the other was earl averill jr uh for the um uh, cleveland indians um uh which is me the uh yeah uh, the cleveland indians back then in the cleveland indians now cleveland guardians yeah cleveland guardians now so yeah 17 was the most consecutive um uh, at bats, the most consecutive games reaching base. Do you know that one? I only care about consecutive series. <laughs> well, Ted Williams re- reached base eighty-four consecutive games. Wow, dwarfing Joe DiMaggio's fifty-six game hitting streak. Right, uh, which well, uh, we, that's a more we, impressive. That's a more impressive streak than just would, would DiMaggio's streak have been longer if they uh, included a. Late appearances instead of just uh, at bats. I'm not sure. Uh, I think he. I think he went over. I think he went had an over, uh, and I don't think yeah. he got on base at all in his um, 57th game. I'm not sure though. Yeah, we'll have to. We'll have to have our uh, stat people go to go. Yeah, that's what the boys in the lab have to say about that. Yes, exactly. Well, should we um, move on to uh, talk about the Royals trade deadline moves? Yeah, let's talk about some more recent Royals. Uh, more recent than. Chris Steins. More recent or more recently not on the Royals? It's still former, but still now many of them are former Royals. Yes. Um, And the Royals had not one, not two, not three, not four, but five um, trades that they made uh, before the trade deadline this year. Uh, The Royals, you'd like your team to make trades uh, to improve their stock uh, as they run into the uh, playoff race, but the Royals here are nowhere close to even sniffing the playoffs, even with his expanded playoffs. Uh, so they're simply trying to retool and get rid of some um, veterans for uh, some potential, uh, you know, lottery tickets uh, and young stars of the future. Um, trying to improve the future, not necessarily the immediate future, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it could be the long-term future. Yeah. Uh, 20, we're looking at 2024, 25, maybe even. That. Yeah, I mean, I mean, hope you'd be able to improve you know, one year out, but like with some of these moves, it seems like they're thinking more even further out. Yeah, uh, a lot of A ball players. Um, but yeah, so the um, first trade they made uh, the week, was about a week before the deadline. Yeah. Moving uh, Andrew Benintendi to the Yankees for three A or high A pitchers. Yeah, those were. Um, uh, Beck uh, Way, uh, who seems to be the player that the Royals were most interested in, I guess. Fourth round draft pick from 2020. Uh, they also got uh, Missouri native uh, TJ Sikama, uh, and he was another pitcher, left handed pitcher. Beck Way is a right handed uh, pitcher who has some power. Uh, and then we also have right-handed picture, pitcher uh, Chandler Champlain um, uh, pick, picked uh, as a ninth-round pick out of USC uh, by the Yankees, uh, but also in uh, A-ball. Um, yeah, what do you think of this trade, Andrew? The Royals got three players back, Ford Benintendi, who probably wasn't coming back, but you think they could have done better? I think they absolutely had to have done better. I, I find this trade completely baffling to me, at least anyway. Uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense on most levels. Uh, how it's constructed, 
the return for their uh, sole um, all-star representative uh, just a few weeks, just a week earlier, basically, right at the at the uh, all-star game. And uh, this seems to be um, rather lacking in what they what they got. I think. You, you think vaccination status played a role in the lack of return? In devaluing Benintendi? Yeah, like why? You know, um, the Yankees. Why would they want? Why would they want this guy who can't play against it Toronto? It certainly it's did. Hot. Has to. It, it, it definitely did not improve his uh, stock at the uh, at the deadline. Um, but uh, if it, I'm not, I'm not sure if you can really evaluate what. Um, his value is especially as as um as early in the in the trade uh, season as they they made this uh, deal it was like a, a whole week before the deadline um it was uh, did, it seemed like uh, if you thought he had some value you might hold on to him until the deadline and then take the best deal you got left um on the table um but to giving uh, making the deal a week early and then this is the return i'm not quite sure what to make of, make of this honestly so yeah I find it for the Yankees it seems way. pretty good you think other than the fact that they can't play in Toronto or maybe maybe yeah. at the end of the season uh you get rid of Joey Gallo who's been terrible terrible for them I guess Ben Tendi can play what you can, can take Gallo's place uh in the lineup and be a kind of utility guy um outfielder first baseman uh what you know other other you know, maybe even other positions of pinch uh for um for uh, um, for the Yankees, but yeah, it's hard to see and, and being solid defensively too. I think, which I should you know be overlooked. Um, mm-hmm. I think because he's, he's he can play all three out. He can play all three outfield positions pretty well. Yeah, um, he can play first base decently. Um, yeah, he can hit pretty well and well enough to you know if you need a DH in the game, he can he can fill in as DH. He, and former you know he knows he knows the least pretty well. Former Red Sox uh, player um young guy still so maybe somebody the Yankees could re-sign uh for a longer deal he wasn't going to get a longer deal probably in Kansas City right um, and he's in his contract year too, yeah so he, he should be playing at his best uh to get the best contract he, he can and for yeah but for some reason well let's not get vaccinated you know that, that, that doesn't make any sense if you want um to sign a decent contract but well, yeah, there was an you know initial talk that maybe the AL East would be uh, not interested in Benintendi, just for the opportunity of um, having to play potential playoff games in Toronto with with um, yeah. Toronto playing well. Well, apparently uh, vaccination status was not an issue either because we'll talk about our next trade uh, with Whit Merrifield, who was extra to the Blue Jays. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. only problem was that he cannot enter Canada. Um, right, at least at this point. Um, right. Well, I mean, but, just before we, before we move on, though, yeah, I would, I would say though that the. Um, um the Benintendi it just seems like from a from like constructing a trade um just on the business side of it um the, the thing that makes the most sense is that you would ask for like um the player that's now going to be blocked by the player that you were trading to this new franchise um you know you're creating another log jam basically in the outfield so it seems like you would like the top triple a um outfielder would be like the number one guy you'd ask for because they have less chance of making it to the majors now yeah i guess they don't like feel was, like they um, have that guy maybe I, or the Royals didn't feel like because like that guy would have put that guy would have replaced um Gallo I, I suppose right um, well, he's probably already blocked by Gallo right yeah and so, they, but did Gallo move at the deadline or he's still there isn't he he'll just, be a, he'll just be a pinch hitter and you know hopefully like a for them would be like a guy that would come in and you know hit a home run in the playoff game or something right yeah Gallo has um Gallo has gone uh to uh the Dodgers. Oh, they did move Gallo. Okay. Yeah. Well, so yeah, so I don't. I mean, it still seems like maybe the number two outfielder uh, in the uh, Yankees farm system would be the guy that the Royals would, you know, would you know want in this deal, just to have somebody that's close to the majors. Um, you know, since the Royals were moving an outfielder, then they now have a mm-hmm. spot for an outfielder. Well, um, Benintendi's going to be blocking whatever outfielder yeah. they was about to get, you know, a chance. So it just it just doesn't make a lot of sense from yeah. so you know if none of those if they're not the Royals aren't interested in any of those outfielders or the Yankees don't have an outfielder the Royals are are interested in or the Yankees don't want to part with an outfielder 
um then, you know you'd think you'd still aim somewhere in the like the upper tier of the minor league system yeah you want a double a guy maybe at least one double a yeah. person or, or... or at least a highly sought after prospect the yankees yeah have. So you have to like you're like getting away i from guess that's what way but they, way he's like three guys they got i think one of them was was like rated in the top 30 of the Yankees minor league system. Yeah, so that, these guys strange, aren't even really viewed as prospects strange, strange, by strange. the Yankees. So why do the Royals want these guys? I don't quite get it. Statistics-wise, I think they look fine, but I mean, they're yeah. still so far out. Who knows? The Royals could have drafted these guys if they really wanted any of them. So, and because none of them are that, you know, far removed from, from the draft. Yeah. So I so, don't quite yeah. understand what any of this why the Royals wanted these guys and how they parted with... Well, you need to get somebody to replace them, I suppose. Um, yeah, but why, like, why these guys? Or why this deal? It doesn't make much sense if you try to like look at you know what they got and what they gave up. Mm-hmm. It does not seem to add up to anything that makes a, a narrative that you could like pitch if you're trying to like um, you know talk to your... Uh, you know, uh, uh, if you're you know doing a start making a startup or something, and you're gonna like pitch a concept to somebody. I don't think no one would buy this. This doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah. Well, Ben Intendi hasn't been lighting it up so far for the Yankees. He had a he had a one for twenty three uh, start, which was basically worse than what uh, Joey Gallo uh, had been uh, doing. But uh, again, that's just the start. Um, he might. I think he's turned around the last couple of games, but. Um, yeah, he's, yeah, he's only hitting uh, 176. He's drawn nine walks, though. So his uh, on-base percentage is still 341, which is... Oh, well, actually, that's not so bad, then. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, the, yeah, not not lighting it up, though, for sure, by any means. Yeah. He's driven in uh, five runs in 11 games. It's not... Uh, okay. So he's, he's come on the last couple of games, then. Not, not terribly uh, impressive, but... Uh, well, I don't know. If Beckway, though, or Sikama, or... Champlain becomes a great player. Maybe we'll be eating our words though, uh, and saying, uh, tipping our caps to uh, the Brain Trust um, down at uh, One Royal Way, uh, Kauffman Stadium. Uh, I mean, about evaluating the trade today, I would give this the lowest possible score you could give a trade. You would today. Today, you would give us maybe maybe reevaluating it later will be totally different. But right now, I would give a a flat F. I think one of the worst possible trades. I don't know what I would give it based on what you get today. I would give it maybe it plays out totally differently, and that's fine. But as I would give it an I because we have no idea. Uh, Actually, I would give most trades an I for incomplete because we have we have we have no idea what they're going to be. If you if you trade a major leaguer for a major leaguer. You have like a perceived value like today that mm-hmm. makes that you can like at least um, make a, you know a, a, an educated guess as to what you're gonna get. But I I think the odds are decent that one player might be okay. Um, so I'm no, just no, gonna, no. I'd say maybe a C uh, just because there are three players and one of them at least one of them might make the Royals major league roster at some point and probably not as good as Benintendi would be. But who knows? I'm gonna they, they got it really they is only like. Two months of Benintendi, the Royals lose, and they do get three players. Yeah, they got three rather than two. They could have gotten two of these guys rather yeah. than three of them. Uh, and you never, for the Royals, I think maybe that's a win. I, just, just volume. Man. These other deals look better than 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 this one, anyway, too. Yeah. Like, you know, just in comparison, it seems like there's more potential in some of these other players. You want to go move. But you did think that the uh, Beck way was the Royals most uh, valued piece in this. I think so. From what I read, he's the only one that did not move up a a league when uh, coming to the Royals organization. The other, the other two each were bumped up one uh, minor league league um, immediately. So I thought that was was entertaining at least. Yeah. At least according to ESPN, uh, Beck way was considered to be the plum of the trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, 3.73 ERA at high A, 15 starts, but 10 strikeouts for nine, nine innings. So he's got, he's got a lot of strikeouts and, yeah. and decent stuff. It seems like uh, mid to high 90s. Um, so maybe a potential, they say potential mid rotation starter. So somebody, if he develops into the level of a, you know, Brad Keller or, right. you, know, you know, first somebody thought- like that. First two starts for the uh, for the uh, Royals, um, A ball uh, affiliate Quad Cities, uh, eight earned runs in ten and two thirds innings. Uh, well, not. I guess we got. I guess we got two, two appearances. It doesn't really so far, right? Yeah. Uh, 
but not not uh i'm not i yeah i you're skeptical i, I hope i hope i'm very wrong on this one but uh uh i'm i'm, I'm not impressed i okay so f f from dr scaff I, again i would i would say incomplete or perhaps a gentleman's c gentleman's C C is what I would give just to just to move it along. Uh we got three players and who knows how good they are. We have three names to look at. Um in, with I like I, I have a uh twenty uh, twenty dollar bill I'd like to trade you for uh three fives. Three fives. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, that's what it seems like to the uh Royals uh this, yeah. this particular trade. That that's what this seems like. For, for me right now at least anyway so uh we'll we'll see we'll see you really need a five though it doesn't take a, maybe a 20 doesn't go into the uh vending machine see i mean there's a scenario for it uh, a dollar every three quarters if you need the parking meter to work <laughs> pretty that's a pretty steep cut there for uh yeah whoever it is making the exchange yeah big <laughs> Uh, let, let's see the next the next trade the Royals made uh, was um, on August first was the um, uh, third baseman uh, Manuel Rivera uh, went to Arizona for uh, right hand pitcher Luke Weaver. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a Triple A slash Major League uh, infielder for a most like uh, once uh, pretty. Good prospect, yeah. Once promising, uh, least relief pitcher like middle, for the Cardinals, like middle reliever. I think, um, that's probably where, where Luke Weaver's gonna fall. Uh, but also, but, but a major leaguer, uh, like a fringe major leaguer for an actual major leaguer. I don't, this, this deal seems to make a lot more sense. Yeah, a starter, he was a starter for the Cardinals briefly, too, for a while. And yeah, um, 13 starts last year, even for the uh, um, Diamondbacks. So maybe he could be a starter again, but this year he has a very high ERA, 7.85. Um, yeah, it's a, he was a spot starter kind of in, uh, leading up to it, but he's a player. But you'd say maybe at least he is somebody who's at least as good as Rivera is. Right. Oh, he's got, he's got a lot more experience. It's um, uh, seven years in the majors. So it's, um, you know, that's a, that's a decent uh, decent stretch. Uh, yeah. playing at the level of you know the top tier of, of baseball at least anyway so um it, it did seem like uh, some of the 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 moves that the royals made uh by trying to acquire a few relievers seemed like the royals were trying to trade a couple of their relief pitchers and uh, scott barlow and uh, josh stalmont uh but the, uh, they ended up not moving them so they look like they were stocking up arms uh, for trades that never happened, though. So yeah, they, they have been going through a lot of relievers recently. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, maybe I guess you can never have too many relievers. In this no, season. and the Royals have had kind of a log jam on some of the position prospects, and Rivera I don't think ever quite could break into the Royals' long-term plans. Um, he's 26 years old, so he's not—he's young, but he's not exactly a really young prospect. Um, decent, um, decent player, decent defense, decent, decent power, even uh, mm-hmm. at times. But um, he's, uh, I think, just kind of got me out. He, he didn't, he didn't distinguish himself in any kind of way. So, but maybe he can be, maybe he can do something in Arizona and be a utility guy or even a, maybe even a starter. In the, in the, yeah, the kind of the new crop of Royals players that made it up uh, in the, Toronto series with the uh, the uh, vaccine debacle. Uh, yeah, I, it looked like he yeah he really had no real opportunity to to play a whole lot anyway, right? With uh, some of these other guys showing some competency at the major league level too. Yeah, with Melendez as somebody who was like they're gonna try to shoehorn in a third if they can, um, if they have to, you know, with uh, with Junior, um, you know, Mondesi if he ever comes back. Like Dozier has been playing some third occasionally. Dozier's playing, been playing. So there's a lot of there's and, a lot of. And guys I think they even they even play um, Mickey Lopez there sometimes too. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they, they don't really need a third baseman, and but nobody unless uh, probably unless somebody like you know really showed up and 
uh, became like a, this is my position and no one else can have it yeah. uh, type of guy showed up, then they would, uh, you know, the, take that that position for themselves but uh that hasn't happened yet either so yeah but i thought the third baseman couldn't grow on trees according to uh former manager uh ned yost right wasn't was it was it a date more thing or is that was a date more i thought that was a yost thing but it was maybe it was third, the third baseman tree yes third baseman tree but apparently the royals do have a decent third baseman tree right now or yeah. people that they can kind of put hang off of the third baseman tree right uh, that you know they might be a second baseman or a catcher but they can at least be a re- reasonable facsimile of a third baseman fruit um, yeah yeah so do you like that what do you, what do you think of this trade Andrew? Um, the last one and i think it makes a lot more sense than the benintendi trade makes uh i think he gets some actual return for it um but i mean neither of these guys are really that impressive and they're probably not going to ha- be in like the really like you're not going to build the franchise around either of those guys so i don't know I would put it somewhere, you know, like in the B range. Okay, I was gonna say B too because I think it's a decent. I think it's a decent swap. I think it, it might even be a B plus for the Royals. Um, at least Weaver is an up and very up and down pitcher. Uh, good season, bad season. Good season, bad season. And this mm-hmm. season has been a bad season, so maybe next season will be a good season. Right. If they That's get one good season out of them, they can awesome swap for somebody else, or at least get a good season out of them, which is probably more than they could say for. Uh, Rivera, who is likely not going to see much playing time, so I think that's I'll I'll, I'll go as high as uh, B plus even for uh, for that trade. And it's hard to get an A for a trade like that when it's uh, so inconsequential. Um, right. But but yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that I think that was a good trade for the Royals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The the next trade same day, uh, Royals uh, sent cash to Seattle. For Anthony Masevich, Masevich. Again, part of this um, perceived reliever stock up for reliever trades that they didn't make. Um, any thoughts on this one? Um, well, Masevich is a is he is a journeyman kind of not I mean not journeyman by pitcher by by uh, teams, but sort of that level of reliever. He played for the Mariners for about three years. He had a decent um, career with the Mariners. Not great, not bad. So he's a, he's a kind of serviceable reliever. Again, like what you said, he makes more sense if the Royals were going to get rid of a couple of their relievers right. um, down the road uh, or, or more, more, more quickly than down the road. Like, you know, if Stalmont or um, someone else had been traded, um, he could have been uh, Mizovich, uh, Mizovitz, uh, Mizovich, excuse me, uh, could Misevich. have, could, excuse me, Misevich could have come in and, and replaced one of those guys, I suppose. I don't know. Usually the Royals are the ones getting cash from people for teams, uh, for players. So at least here, here they're spending some cash. I guess. Um, I guess the Royals didn't have anybody that was even. Seattle was interested in it all. Seattle was interested in it all. I don't know. It's one of those things where, like, why? I guess they didn't want, or they didn't want to get rid of a player. They're like, well, we'll, we'll take some cash. But then usually those rosters are pretty full. You got to get rid of somebody anyway. So, but I guess, the, but um, any of the managers didn't want that person they were going to get rid of. So, right. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how to rate this trade. I don't, yeah. How much, it, how much? How much cash was it? Uh, I don't think they. they don't think they announced. So the, they might say later, but cash um, considerations. As far as I know, they have not announced what the what how much cash was. I don't think they necessarily have to to say what they. Um, I would guess it's less than a million dollars. Probably, I mean, they probably just bought the rest of his contract or something. Is probably what it what it was. Okay. Because I don't I don't know that he had much left on his on his deal. Uh, if he had if he even had a major league contract. Yeah, he. Well, it's it is just purchased by the Royals. This is the official? Uh... He was D. Yeah, he was DFA. So uh, he was already designated for assignment, so he's mm. been waived anyway. So the Royals probably gave him a little bit of money. Yeah, so. I, I think usually they may they may just have uh, covered the rest of his salary, and, and yeah, they'll pay they'll pay Masevich's year out this way too, and then okay. Yeah. So you got an you got an arm, you got a body in the bullpen. Yeah. Um, you know, 
That seems it seems the other world did um assign him to AAA though. AAA. So he's not 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 in the majors uh, as of as of now, at least anyway. Um even though he has spent some time in the majors, um, even this season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't do we need to evaluate this one or just um anything here? There's really, really two evaluate here on the uh I don't know, it's one of the classic completes or it's not even worth something. It's a, it's one of those check, check plus, check minus assignments. You know the ones that, uh, right? You know aren't worth, aren't worth even grading. Right. Uh, it's certainly not a check plus. So maybe just do it a check at least, or just call uh, it, just call it a C and move along. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, should we save the best for last? Then probably for the uh, entertainment, entertainment conversation at least anyway. Oh yes, I know. I know our, our listeners are, are on the edge of their seats waiting for our analysis, so we should. We should delay that as much as we can and talk about exactly. the, exactly. uh, the Cam Gallagher uh, trade. Yes, uh, um, yeah, Cam Cam Gallagher, uh, Royals um, uh, backup catcher, uh, was likely to get even less playing time uh, with uh, MJ Melendez mm-hmm. um, emerging this season as an act, competent catcher and and hitting too. Now playing the field in sometimes odd spots. Uh, they've been playing corner outfield positions the last week. Yeah, strangely making some mistakes out there. Uh, but uh, uh, traded uh, yeah Gall- uh, Gallagher to the Padres for Triple uh, A outfielder Brent Rooker. Yeah, I think that's a good. Tr- I think that's a good trade for the Royals. Um, Gallagher was not. Uh, he yeah, as I said, he was kind of expendable, given the fact that Melendez is a solid backup catcher who is a better um, hitter. Uh, than Gallagher is or will be already, mm-hmm. um, and I think Melendez. You need you need you need to find a place for him, Melendez. He's a he seems to be one of the one of the cornerstone pieces of the future, um, and Gallagher was a was a decent backup. Um, yeah, he was very well when, there, yeah. pretty well when uh, Perez was hurt. Um, calls a good game apparently. Uh, seems to be a good guy in the in the clubhouse. Um, I, but, I think he he worked with all the um you know the Royals uh pitchers that had made their way to the majors in the last few years. Uh, he'd been working with them in the minor league system, so yeah, he was already comfortable with with I think everybody that had come up from the from the minor league system. Um, so uh, he was he was very very uh, serviceable backup, but uh, yeah, just he's going to get squeezed out. So it made sense that the Royals made this move. Um, and they got Brent Rooker, who is sort of a um. He's an outfielder. Maybe a little older uh, prospect. Older prospect, similar in maybe similar in upside to what Gallagher could be, but he's 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 two years younger than Gallagher, um, and he has maybe some potential still as an outfielder. Uh, he's been he was with the Twins and then he was with the Padres uh, just this year. Um, you know, he's back in the American League now. I remember reading this thing that he'd, he'd hit at every level except the major leagues. So. Yeah, he could be a he could be a late bloomer. He could be a four A player. Yeah, to say, but he does he does have a lot of power. He's, he does have quite a few home runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, minor league system, but uh, yeah, that's not necessarily um, doesn't necessarily translate to the majors, right? Uh, yeah, I but you know. Gallagher's not going to do much either. So uh, at least you have somebody who a change of scenery might help, or at least just just getting Gallagher someplace that uh, where he could be a backup catcher on a you know on a good team that's going to you know make the playoffs and who knows what. Uh, this year the Padres have been very solid, um, and you know they got Juan Soto, and you know I think I think it's a good I think it's a good spot for Gallagher. Uh, I think it's probably maybe maybe the Royals think even just by trading him it was more of a trade to a potential team that um, would be a kind of thank you parting gift for, for Gallagher, you know, let's trade, let's trade, him, to, trade him to, you know, you know, say you, you did some great stuff with us. You played, um, <laughs> there you are back. Your lights went off. Uh, but, um, but, you know, I think, you know, you, you've done a great job. You filled in well when Salvi was hurt. Um, you know, let's, you know, how about, how, how's, uh, sunny Southern California on a, um, on a, on a good team. Uh, right. And maybe that's. Because they, they had already completed the 
um, the Juan Soto trade, I think, when, when this loan was made official, at least anyway. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the Padres definitely busy at the at the deadline. The uh, um, but he he did get assigned to uh, Padres Triple uh, A system. Okay. So, um, chances are he'll be, you know, filling oh. in depending on how things go. Um, you know, with their the health of their catchers and their in their system right now. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I would. I would guess that he's going to be on the uh, major league roster sooner rather than later. Or uh, maybe, maybe especially in the playoffs because he's he's he experienced enough to be able to have him turn it over to him for a game and not worry about what's going to happen, right? Yeah, he's so that right now the two catchers on the Padres roster are um, Austin Nola and Jorge um, Alfaro. Neither. Neither one is, I think, a star for sure. Right. So uh, if one of those goes down, I think Gallagher could could um, fill in just as well as 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 those two. Sure. And I, you know, I don't know the Padres as well as a lot of uh, yeah teams, but I, I don't. I don't. The, the catcher is probably their probably their weakest position uh at least in terms of star power right and uh yeah so how how do you uh grade this one i think it's a good trade for the royals i think it's a good trade for gallagher um possibly a good trade for the padres too i i uh be uh just you know i'd say i like rooker as a potential piece on the outfield he's got power he's got he's got a good eye it seems like which is sorely needed in the royals as all, and it seems like it's always been needed um, on the right. Wolves, um, uh, batting uh, uh, lineup. So, well, that'd be a B level of some sort, probably. You know, nothing, nothing to really get too excited about, but maybe, maybe a B. No, Rooker's first two games in uh, at AAA for Omaha, uh, he did have uh, two home runs and six RBIs. So, so yeah, maybe, maybe uh, move back to the Midwest will will we'll help. Maybe did they, did they so did they already win that trade or is it still? Um, <laughs> I think it's still to be determined, but I don't think there's a. It's it, it would be I think very difficult to lose mm-hmm. this trade because I don't think you're not there's no real risk of Gallagher breaking out and becoming right. a huge star. There's also really probably no chance really of Rooker becoming a huge star, but he could put it together a good season or two. Right. Uh, you know, so I think. Yeah, they weren't really giving up anything. He was another um, unvaccinated player as well. Yeah, um, catcher is a more valuable position, I guess. Yeah. And I think the I think the Padres need probably need need some need some more catchers. Um, but I think the, the Royals are. I think they got a player who a player offensively who can do more than what Gallagher could do. To me, to me, it seemed like maybe this uh, Brent Rooker, the Brent Rooker of the Yankees, would have made more sense to be part of that um, Benintendi trade than what they got, what the Royals got for it. So yeah, um, well, maybe maybe the Royals are playing the long game and they said, well, it doesn't really matter who we get these players from. We're gonna get uh, some water tickets. We're gonna get it out. We're gonna get a you know three a AAA outfielder who might be able to make it into the um, major league lineup. You know, as long as we get something like that, maybe it's maybe it was a little bit like the Chiefs. With um, Tyree Kill in that trade, we're not going to replace Tyree Kill by with one person, but we're going to piece them together uh, through, you know, the agency and, and Valdez Scantling and Sky Moore and, and all those draft you know, these draft picks and, and and things like that. Right. So, sort of the classic Moneyball stance, where you know we can't replace Jason Giambi, but we can we can we can recreate him in the aggregate. Right. <laughs> so may, maybe it's that. Uh, I don't think that's how they. <laughs> you don't think the Royals were were were, were uh, um, the Royals were disparaged in Moneyball uh, that book for taking Zach Greinke, which was like their only good draft pick of the last twenty five years. So uh, <laughs> the Royals actually won that game. Won won. Uh, well, and they um that they um detailed the that uh, huge um, comeback loss um to the A's in that in that book too, right? Mm-hmm. Um. It was, in the movie. it was a big part of the movie as well. Yeah, because they, they, they were also like a huge lead that they blew um, as in part of uh, Oakland's long winning streak, right? Wasn't that what it was? Yeah. They kept their like 19-game winning streak alive or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, weren't the Royals ahead by 
a big, a huge margin. 10 or 12 yeah. runs or something in the, like something early in the like game. That. And then they like slowly chipped away. And yeah. And uh, yeah, that's pretty crazy. Brad Pitt couldn't watch the game until they, they came back. <laughs> I mean, Billy Bean. Brad Pitt, Billy Bean. Yeah. So how about, how about this last trade now, Mike? Uh, uh, Whit Merrifield, uh, unvaccinated Whit Merrifield to the uh, Toronto Blue Jays, where he has to be vaccinated uh, for uh, Max Castillo and Samad Taylor. Well, um, it's a trade that seems puzzling, especially since Merrifield cannot enter Canada, which is where the Blue Jays reside. Half of their games are going to be played in Canada. Well, but to make it crazier, too, the um, uh, Toronto came out like the like the day after the trade and said that they were not going to require that Whitmerfield get vaccinated, which um doesn't seem to make sense either. Maybe um, they just needed a road warrior. I think uh, I think they just um, I think the way that he said it, I think he meant that the team isn't going to make him get vaccinated. He's going to get vaccinated, but it's not us telling him to get vaccinated. I see. I think that's all that was meant by it, but um. The sound bite that was, uh, or the you know, the clip out of the uh, conversation, at least anyway, uh, seemed very odd in the way it was uh, it was said. Uh, so <laughs> well, Maryville did get vaccinated, whether he was forced to, held down, chloroformed uh, by uh, Toronto Blue Jays uh, staff, or just did it on his own, just to spite the Royals apparently, because he could have done that. He could have done that months ago. Uh, we were a contender, so there's no reason to get vaccinated if you're not contending. Just. He wanted he maybe he's never really cared for the Toronto uh, hotel and uh, just didn't want to didn't want to make the trip up north and wanted to stay back in Tennessee. I have no idea. That seems a very strange turn of events. Like somebody who has these you know supposed ironclad principles where you know I'm not going to get vaccinated and get uh, this you know Bill Gates mind control thing, and but then suddenly you got traded to the Blue Jays who have a, a playoff uh, are in the playoff hunt. Oh, I'll get vaccinated the next day. And uh, we'll be fine. I just he, he said he would be open to uh, being vaccinated if he was if he was if the, if his team was contending. Um, and then uh, Dayton Moore apparently was upset by that, but then like mirrored exactly what uh, what, what 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 it said. So I don't I don't quite understand any of that. Um, none of it really made sense. Um, so, uh, but yeah, but uh, but apparently yeah, vac- vaccinated almost immediately. Uh, they they did play their first two series after the trade uh, was completed. Uh, we're in the U.S. though. They were uh, played a game I think in Tampa and then a series in Minnesota. So there was there was still like this um, half a week or almost a week before anybody was going to know if uh, Whit uh, got vaccinated or not. Uh, and then, but apparently he has. So um, that that question has already been answered. Apparently. Uh, yeah, and th- and this seems like a better trade for even Merrifield. I think Merrifield and Benintendi were somewhat comparable um, players, similar styles. They could they could be kind of super utility players. Merrifield was kind of on the downslope of his career. Benintendi still, at least if he, if not ascending, kind of near the peak, maybe near the peak, yeah, of his career. Um, but yeah, I think the I think the Blue Jays gave up much more than the Yankees did. Uh, at a higher level, for sure. Yeah, uh, Smod Taylor, uh, uh, second baseman prospect, and also um, Max Castillo, pitching prospect for uh, uh, from out of Venezuela uh, for the Blue Jays, both of whom are, you know, I think, ma- you know, major league, close to major league ready. Um, or fringe major league ready at this point. Mm. Um, so I, yeah, it seems like a pretty good deal for the Royals. Um, a strange deal, especially if this maybe not if um, since since he got vaccinated, but I think a pretty good deal for the Royals here. And it, and it also was um, odd that um, uh, you know Whit, Whit had that injury too, like the week before the Toronto series, uh, where he finally broke his uh, his stretch of consecutive games played. At like uh you know many several seasons like what three and a half seasons something like that of um between before his last missed game mm. and uh without like maybe that injury wasn't really an injury it was just um maybe trying to keep the uh, vaccination status under wraps so yeah who knows um because if he wasn't gonna make, be able to make the trip then why would he um you know get outed I guess for for being not yeah um I'm not sure I'm not sure if that was how real that was after 
after knowing that after knowing the, the vaccination story yeah you know later um but uh but yes um but yeah a second baseman for a second baseman though in this case too right um mm-hmm. the top level second baseman that toronto has um that now does not have a place because uh with you know slots in ahead of him uh with like this trade like it actually makes sense at least anyway on paper uh to get a major league ready player uh for your maybe your team's best player the face of the franchise for the last several years yeah um yeah even if ben tendy was the better player this year maybe even last year with uh, Merrifield is the probably yeah the Royals' most popular player of the last two or three years, especially since at least since the post uh, World Se- World Series run, he's been he's probably been their top uh, consistent performer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, led and he, the league, led the majors in hits a couple of times even steals um, steals yeah. And this and this um Samad Taylor is also um I, I I guess pretty speedy too. It's like he's and the Royals the Royals still like speed even, even though. It's, Seems to have less importance in the in the modern game. Yeah, but and they and they he may not um, Taylor may not have a spot on the on the roster right now anyway because um, they've called up uh, Michael Massey, and he's been playing pretty well um, at second base mm-hmm. um, the last week or so for the Royals too. So I think that they've got another um, you know weird position now that they've got to figure out which of these two prospects has more potential and then. Uh, and, one, and you can think one of them goes to third too. You have, you have third baseman a little bit more um, available now. With uh, you know, I think at some point they're going to move on from Hunter Dozier uh, and put more of the young guys there. So I think I think I think Samad Taylor is an upside, and I think yeah um, Castillo might be a decent pitcher. Who knows? Um, He's another Triple uh, A guy. He's had some some experience at the major league level. Uh, this season's appeared in nine games for Toronto. So it's it's hard to say if ERA means anything in nine relief appearances. Yeah, he did have two starts, but uh, um, three oh five ERA in the major leagues. That's pretty good. Yeah, I think this is a, this is I think this seems like a better trade to me than um, the Yankees trade for sure. I'd say yeah. this is a, you know again it's hard to say. Mer- again, B you think B plus even for something like this? I w- I would say yeah. Yeah, in the yeah high B low yeah probably B plus B plus to A minus even I think because I think this is um getting the end of of Merrifield's um probably most usefulness. usefulness yeah, he's not he's, and, he's yeah he's he's lost a step or two. He's, he's not quite he's not a player he was. He's, he's, still, um defensively the Royals keep moving him around, so it's hard to tell if he's uh um if he's at his peak defensively still. Um, but uh, I think he was another contract year, so they're gonna into paying him a bit more it wasn't wasn't expensive by any means but uh um they definitely um you know drop their expect expected payroll next year by by moving those two guys uh, but yeah m- much better return for for win i think so too than than um than what it looks like at least today for benintendi that could change dramatically yeah i guess, change, dramatically. Yeah, I guess if, yeah if one of those pitchers turned out to be great maybe you know, the royals might know something we don't but from ne- from the perspective now that first trade seems peculiar especially given the fact that they did so much better on the other trades it's not like they got fleeced you think oh there's getting fleeced on every trade right yeah it's i just it doesn't doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense from a business perspective it doesn't make it doesn't really make sense on the uh on the on the player side either um i i just did not get that first trade like at all the benetendi trade makes no sense (laughs) but uh, the royals tend to do like things that are you know, like not. Royals haven't made a whole lot of sense since since uh, 2015. Um, at least 2017, they were still trying. They were still decent those last couple of years after the uh, World Series year. They were still trying to uh, run it back. But um, in case that they were, um, most of what they did wasn't very bright um, in some of those years too. Um, even even the World Series win season, they did they did some things that were a little crazy. Yeah, it was very different from what everybody else was doing. That's for sure. Yeah, um, I mean the, the big the, the best thing they did obviously was the well speaking of Cueto and uh, and Zobrist. Uh, so and and, and Ben Zobrist, yeah, those, yeah. those are the two moves that um, that made that made a lot of sense. Everything else was uh, a little a little iffy. It turned out to be fine. It was but they had such bad. a good they had such a good top to bottom roster, um, such a good such a good bullpen. 
um, a manager who at least say what you want about it, the, the Royals like to they liked playing for him. Uh, they, they they had a they had a good team, and I, I I'm kind of of the opinion I'm still thankful for those teams. Uh, I don't I'm not really upset if the Royals do poorly the next three four five even ten years. They've won two World Series in my lifetime, which is you know even if it's an average team, uh, you're only going to win the World Series every thirty years now. Uh, so yeah. I think the, I think those seasons are great, but I don't think there's any reason to be this bad, though. Um, yeah, there's 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 no reason for it. Um, and if you don't have the most talented team, you can at least make decisions that aren't um, mind blowingly idiotic. Yeah, well, I think <laughs> and, and some of these things are, just seem to be so dumb that there's no reason for it. Like 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 how Matheny manages the bullpen um, makes no sense on any level from any kind of logic. No matter how you, you know, make crazy uh, uh, assumptions as to like what you think you could be trying to do, <laughs> it, it still doesn't make sense. Um, like you can you can have a, a weaker team, but you don't have to play stupid. Also, yeah, um, at least we have more of the young guys now uh, in the lineup doing some fun things. Um, it's a you know, we got Prado out there every day. We've got Pasquantino out there every day. You know, we've got Melendez out there pretty much every day now too, and and uh, Bobby Wood Jr. and you know and you know Salvi's still around. I guess we forgot about Salvi. He's he was really the heart and soul of the of the of the Royals the last of like, the last 10, 15 years. The whole team seemed to click around him. I think mm-hmm. really. So I don't I don't know that I don't know that you'd credit anyone in the front office or in the manager or the coaching roles um, before you credit uh, Sal's um, personality and and uh, yeah, just his his. Yeah, it's kind of magnetism himself. that he has. It's yeah, Sal being Sal being Sal, I think is I think that's that's much that's much more meaningful than anything that they did. Anybody yeah. else did or tried yeah. to do. Yeah, he's been the face of the he's been the face of this franchise probably more than anybody, um, especially since some of those World Series guys, Kane and Hosburn Moose have left. He's the one that's stuck around and uh, and probably the yes, yeah, certainly probably the most you know kind of Mister Royal uh since since at least since mike sweeney probably more since george brett um and yeah so and he's still he's still kicking it uh pretty well so um you know he, maybe he can move into that first base dh kind of role um and let melendez be, become the new catcher yeah, um, yeah over the next few years it's just to be able to start that transition anyway mm-hmm. where yeah at least melendez catching like every you know, two or three games of every rotation uh, turns, right? And, uh, you know, hopefully they save his knees a bit so he doesn't, doesn't have issues later, too. Uh, but I, it was up to me entirely. I'd, I'd transition him um, from that role right into the DH role, uh, right into the bench coach role, and then have him manage the team. From the manager, yeah. For as long as, long as he wants to be part of it, just keep him in the in the dugout forever if they can. That's I would too. I love, yeah, I love Salvador Perez, and he's he's he has an infectious uh, personality, and uh, he's a great player, but he also seems like he'd be a, like a great guy. So I think I think there's, and he know, and, and he knows how the game's played. He's he's a catcher. Those always those guys always make good managers. Um, so yeah, and. I think he, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that all catchers become good managers, though. I wouldn't because we've got one. I don't think it's a good. Matheny, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess the idea is that catchers seem to most people seem to make make them uh, most often make the make the best managers because they're the ones who are often the ones seeing seeing the whole game uh, in ways that the other players don't. Right. Well, this has been another. Uh, excellent uh, edition of the Warning Track Power Hour, our second since our triumphant return uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we will hope to make this a more frequent uh, endeavor over the next several weeks and months as the Royal season winds down and as the Chiefs season uh, starts up, and we'll also have other interesting uh, topics to discuss in both the world of sports and outside the world of sports, uh, I hope, uh, in coming weeks as well. Um, as always, uh, he has been Dr. Andrew Scaff. I have been Dr. Michael Lerman. We have been the Warning Track Power Hour. Please like and or subscribe to our uh, various podcast channels, uh, either or on or our YouTube uh, station. 
And we really appreciate uh, uh, your viewership or listenership. And we hope to see you again or experience your presence somehow in the uh, in the in the ether uh, again soon. Uh, how how is that sign off, uh, Andrew? That's great. Anytime uh, you can experience our uh, presence in the ether is a is a <laughs> is a great way. Yes, that's a great that's a great sign off. <laughs> Even though they've disproved the ether hypothesis, but uh, I still I still think it's probably out there. I don't I don't uh, I wouldn't support any science that says that doesn't exist. So. You know that Michelson Morley experiment uh, stuff. <laughs> what was that? What was that? Michelson Morley experiment from the like just disproved that space was made out of ether. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. You remember that one? Probably before your time.